Hello, possums. Welcome to a very special episode of Offensive Points. Today we have Dr. Tom Chris, PT, DPT, OCS, FAA, OMPT, founder of the Fantasy Injury Team. Go ahead and follow them at injury underscore fantasy and then follow Tom personally at fantasy injury T. So guys, last time we had Dr. Tom on our show before the season, we talked where Cooper Cup had just hurt his hamstring. Tom went on to tell us that it's five times, if I remember correctly, more likely to happen again. And then sure enough, Cup missed the first four weeks of the season. So this stuff's really important. Today, uh, we got some names for dynasty purposes that we need to follow along with. And uh, while you're at it, go over to the IDP Plus shop and buy yourself a possum t-shirt because it looks really fly. Josh, Billy, Tom, what's up? What's going on, fellas? Happy to be back on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tom. Glad, yeah. Glad you're coming back again. I, I was surprised after the first one, you were like, all right, I, I guess we'll do one more. I, I don't know if it was in your contract to do two at least. And you just had to follow up and that's just the kind of person that you are. By the but way, you both have possum shirts on. I didn't get the memo. Like I'm kind of hurt. <clears throat> I just actually happened to be wearing this possum shirt. Today. Well, what are the odds that you both are wearing it? You didn't even like send a little text, you know, I didn't even check it out beforehand, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Feel left we need out. to choreograph our outfits from now on. I mean, how we far away to. are you from your possum shirt, man? Like, could you go get it? I don't know where it is, to be honest with you. I got a lot of possum shirts. I'm looking um, at anyway. what you guys have going on in, in, in behind your cameras. Man, I need to step up my my decoration game. Tom, I'm well, cleaning out my basement, so if you just want a box of stuff to hang up, I'll, I'll send it to you. Deal. I don't know what your preference is as far as team, but... <laughs> It's just it's a bunch of tools that he doesn't uh, need anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Tom, you need like you need like a uh, like a vision chart, like one of those things, and then maybe like a gurney or something. I don't know, just something a little, a little medical. Yeah, oh, one of those the... uh, lab skeletons that you just yeah, yeah, point to yeah, it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, skeletons and vision chart. I don't know about the gurney. Let's not do that. <laughs> well, let's just add a little flavor to the room. Park a right, full anyway. NFL injury cart right behind you. Yeah. And, uh, or have a just do it in a blue medical tent. How about that? You can, uh, you can just pop good. out of the blue medical tent to give your advice. That would be, that would hate it. be good. <laughs> that would be funny. But it's got to have a possum on the blue medical tent because we did talk about that. So. I wish that's how we, that's how we're going to get our marketing out there, Tom. We're, we decided that we're going to try to sponsor the blue medical tents hey, because they get shown so much during the game. If you guys, if you guys buy it and set and ship it here, glad, gladly I'll <laughs> allow there to be a possum on it. Love everything about I that. Love that. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about some injuries that happen throughout the season. And we're going to it, basically like, we know people are going to try to make trades this off season and going into next season, it's kind of best to know how these teams and injuries are kind of shaping up for these players because they are important. So that being said, let's just jump right into it. I, I mean, Tom, we need to talk about Aaron Rodgers right off the bat. Uh, Achilles injury. Take it away. Let us know how this Jets team is going to be affected going in to the 2024 season. Yeah, let's waste no time and jump right into probably the most controversial one on here. Um, so obviously four plays into the season, Aaron Rodgers tears his left Achilles, which Oof. historically is the most devastating injury there is in sports. And all season long, it's like, oh, he's going to push to return. He's going to push to return this new procedure. And I, I don't doubt that he would have really tried to push to return had the Jets been more competitive. But when he was taken off of the, uh, or when he was like allowed to start practicing again, we saw some videos of him jogging and it looked horrendous. 
He had no propulsion. To be fair, he wasn't really good at running in the first place. Correct. Correct. But to someone like myself who's trained to analyze running gait, he had absolutely no propulsion off that left that left calf, the left calf Achilles complex. So at that point, he was not close to being okay to play. Now, that said, that was, I want to say, November-ish, so another month or so of, of rehabbing. He would have been looking a lot better. I don't know how much better, but a lot better. And him being a right-handed quarterback and more of a pocket quarterback, although he is very, very good at navigating the pocket. And early in his career, he was pretty, pretty mobile. He doesn't need that left Achilles nearly as much as he needs the right one. And we'll talk about Kirk Cousins in a minute. When you throw a right-handed quarterback, the power comes from the ground and it comes from the right leg. And the ability for the calf and Achilles complex, I'll, I'll say that together because the calf and Achilles, are they, they need each other to function. They push violently off of that right leg, including the calf and Achilles contracting. So the left Achilles, in Rogers' case, it's not creating the throwing power. The right one is, which is intact, not injured. So next season, I have no problem seeing him return to the player he was his last healthy season. So, And, and in this Jets offense that has a lot of talent on it, that could be all they need to make a deep run like we expected them to this season. So totally on board with Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, whoever else they add next season. And Rodgers himself may even be a valuable fantasy quarterback next year. Yeah, I think we just did our uh, mock and we had them taking a tackle because something needs to be done with that line a lot on there. So is there any concern with him navigating behind a poor offensive line with that Achilles at all? Or uh, Yeah, yeah. But again, the Achilles, is it's more going to impact your straight line, like acceleration, top end speed. Whereas a, if you watch a quarterback navigate the pocket, it's more shuffling. It's almost like a, like a basketball player playing defense, shuffling. So that is not going to be quite as impacted as a receiver or running back who needs to accelerate off the line as fast as possible would be. I mean, the good news is they'll have one full year almost to to repair this. And if yes. it isn't, I mean, that's, that's good to hear that it's not going to be something that should bother him, obviously. You know, he's still playing on MetLife turf, so who knows how that's going to work out. But um, That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, we saw Brees Hall really break out at the end of the year. We're waiting on that Garrett Wilson one, so stay tuned. It should. I just feel bad for the Jets, man. They just seem to be cursed over and over yeah. and over again. It was just when that happened, four plays in, it's just like there goes the season. And then I personally took the we're gonna, I'm going to come back as just hyping up the team, trying to get the team to be hyped. I didn't really personally think he was ever going to come back, but you're, you're kind of saying there was a chance, a very outside chance, and it would have been incredibly risky from a yeah. retail standpoint, but Rogers, we know that he's mentally built a little bit different. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that his competitive spirit is, there's not many people like that. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been completely surprised if he did return. It just from a medical standpoint would have been a major risk. Well, and also the so, healing powers of ayahuasca as well would have helped. That's true. So, yeah. yeah. And the sacrificing a goat that. and whatnot. Um, so Tom, what, date should we be looking forward like if 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 he's not there for o, not maybe not otas because those are like optional but if he's not there at the beginning of training camp mandatory 
should we be concerned? Is there an easing in back process or should he be ready to go by the time all of that kicks off? I would think that he'll be ready to go from the start because like, uh, like we said, it, it's going to be a whole year, like from the start of camp, it'll be, I guess, 10 and a half months, which is <clears> right. still a reasonable time frame for especially a right-handed quarterback to return from a left Achilles injury. Okay. So if he's, there at the beginning of training camp, we should just not be as worried as probably everybody else who doesn't, you know, right. know what's going on would right. be. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, yeah, the spicy Kirk Cousins injury. Yeah, I was about to say, why you already mentioned yeah. him? Let's just hop right to Kirk Cousins. He had, you know, very similar ish injury. So yeah, let's know about Kirk Cousins. So the difference here is two things. One, it's it is Kirk's right Achilles. So that's the one that he pushes off to create power to throw the ball. So I'll be looking very closely at what his throwing mechanics look like and what the reporters in Minnesota are saying about his throw power in camp next year. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not quite there to start the season. I think it'll be enough there that he's going to be the starter, assuming he's in Minnesota next year, and he'll still be effective. But I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if his first half of the season is just a little off. Still, like, he's still going to be productive. Jefferson's still going to get his. Addison will get his. Um, Hawkinson's a different story that we'll get to later. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kirk struggling relative to how he's played the last two seasons, especially this past year. The other thing is his injury is going to put him at about 10 months post-op by week one, which, again, that's that's okay, I would like more time, especially since it's his push-off leg. But that's it's. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays week one. I just don't think he's going to be quite at 100%. Minnesota does have the 11th pick in the draft. They could easily go after one of these quarterbacks that should hypothetically be around there. So, yeah. The other thing, see what they do in the offseason. Right. The other thing not going in either of these guys' favor is they are – not exactly the youngest quarterbacks anymore and age every single injury in, in loaded in the research age is like the biggest factor for uh, risk for re-injury, but also for like healing times. That's fair. Well, I mean, Joe, Josh, would you take Kirk cousins? I mean, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers. I think we all might still be back on that. But Kirk Cousins redraft, would you all feel comfortable taking him? Does it depend on what team he's on next season? I mean, he's always he's been a backup quarterback in fantasy, draft-wise at least. Like I know he's been <laughs> in the top 10 conversation here and there, but he's been in that like 9, 10, 11, 12 range. Like I'm not reaching for him by any means, but would I take him as a flyer, as a backup? If he goes back to Minnesota with Justin Jefferson, Addison, yeah, absolutely. But I'm not if, like – If he's still in that system – He's like a top seven guy. I mean, that's what he's been. He's been awesome. I'm all for it if he's still in that system. But like Josh said, probably a backup. I'm not feeling comfortable going into the season with him. Now, I, for one, think he's going to the Raiders. And really, for fantasy purposes, that probably just means I'm not going to take Trey Tucker if that deep ball isn't there. <laughs> well, fair enough. I'm not well, really I projecting that out, but. You know. I honestly, I can see it going both ways with Minnesota. Like they could get the cheap Kirk Cousins because he's injured and he wants to take a friendly deal. He wants to finish this here. Like you know, they have a chance at making the playoffs any year with Justin Jefferson and a full at a full health offense. You know, uh, maybe add a running back in the off season. But this team could be good. But if you go to a new system with Kirk Cousins, like you can't imagine that he's going to win anything after that. I mean, it's especially Minnesota. Just team. all they want to do is throw the ball. 
So and that's perfect. And you could add a you know young running back or cheap running back, you know, a one year deal kind of guy. You know, maybe Saquon would take a one year nice deal for him. I doubt it, but you know what I mean. Like there's there's a lot of running backs out there on the market. You could get a fun team with this. But yeah, Kirk Cousins and all the like veteran quarterbacks, even Aaron Rodgers will go as like the sixth or seventh quarterback off the board, even though he could potentially be the top two, top one. I mean, still even at his age. Because even O'Connell was talking about how Ty Chandler was a uh, liability in pass pro. So <laughs> you can't think of injured Kirk Cousins. They're going to trust Ty Chandler there. So definitely something to monitor. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. Let's continue on down the quarterbacks here. Next on the list, um, one of Joe's basic children, basically his children, Anthony Richardson. Uh, had a very promising start to the season, but, you know, Got banged up once, came back, and then got banged up again for the final time. So, Tom, is this is he injury prone, as the the quota, quotations say, or is is he just need to learn how to take better hits? So, when it comes to breaking down, is somebody injury prone? One, I, I don't love that term. Is there so Thank many you. factors that go into Put it? Put it in quotes. I know you did. I still hate it. Was it mine? <laughs> what What I prefer is is I'm a, I'm a man of science and, and research is what the research terms that we use. And that's risk factors for predisposing someone to injury. So he has, and there's two predominantly superior risk factors that are, are the ones that we really need to closely observe with these players. One is age. That is very much not a problem with Anthony Richardson. He's very young. So that's good. The other one is prior injury, though, and he's starting to rack up a nice little injury list there. Um, even just four or five games in the NFL, multiple injuries. So he's he's definitely got that going against him. But again, the age is in his favor. And there are a lot of risk factors, which I have an article on the fantasyinjuryteam.com website. It's actually on one of our top menu things you can click on or your listeners can click on that I kind of highlight what the research says about the different risk factors for injury. And a number of them are modifiable. And what, what that means is you identify an area that could be improved and you either train differently, you change your diet, you change your sleep patterns. Even psychological counseling can sometimes be a factor in there. There's, there's a number of different things. We're not going to dive into all that today. But the point is, there's some risk factors for injury that are modifiable. And I'm sure that with this growing list early in his career, him and his training staff, whether it's people he personally employs or the Colts training staff, they're going to do everything they can to identify those modifiable risk factors and address them through training and lifestyle changes. The non-modifiable ones, which previous injury is one of them, they can't do anything about that. But as far as this injury that knocked him out for the season, the AC joint injury that required surgery, which by the way, there's six different grades of AC joint injuries. We know that his was a grade three. Grade three is borderline of needing surgery or responding well to rehab. Clearly they didn't feel that he was going to respond well to rehab. Uh, but this type of injury, it, it's going to do well. This type of surgery, it's going to do well, especially because he's super young. It's about a four to six-ish, usually closer to the four side month rehab not going to be a problem. I think we're probably close to four months at this point. So he'll have basically the entire off season, not to rehab, but to train. 
which is an he advantage. Which is yeah, yeah, for a young quarterback like him, that's that's terrific. If this injury would have happened now, then he would be rehabbing all, all off season versus actually training. So I, I don't see this injury as a problem for him going forward. And I, I really hope that him and his the people around him are doing everything they can to thoroughly examine what kind of things that he can change in his training or his lifestyle to keep him on the field. I mean, he's always going to be at risk for injury. He's a mobile quarterback and that's what his, you know, bread and butter is for sure. I mean, he's not going to be able to stop running the ball until he can throw the ball effectively and, or at least a fit, more than likely efficiently at the end of it all. But, you know, I don't know. I, the shoulder injury, I mean, would that have been a problem if he was just a running back? Cause that's what he is. He, uh, uh, that's a good point. And, and I would have to know more about what the evaluation of that shoulder looks like, but. I said, was it more of a throwing in my real question? Just, you know, that was a little stab at Anthony Richardson, but my real question is if he was not a quarterback and didn't need to throw, would that have been a playable injury at least earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Or would he... Yeah. That's where I'm going with it. Um, possibly very possibly. I think they would have been less quick to, to go to surgery. At least they probably would have given him two, three, four weeks to rehab. Whereas I think it was within a week. They were like, Nope, he's getting surgery. Yeah. So, yeah it was yeah. quick. Yeah. If he was a different position, they probably would have rehabbed it more before then being like, okay, this isn't going to work. Let's get surgery. I mean, might as well get it if it's it was a throwing arm, right? I mean, yes. it's, you can't throw a ball with that. It might as well get it done as soon as possible for like what you said to be able to train in the off season and, you know, exactly continue to learn as a young quarterback. Yeah. Running back. Okay. Anthony Richardson's awesome. I hope the rehab goes well. I mean, basically Jalen Hurts and Anthony Richardson are the same quarterback. So if we could see him have the same type of result there, then uh, we'll be good. I just had to throw that one at Josh. I was about to say, I I, I, I appreciate it. It's kind of like if Jalen Hurts evolved into a different. I was going to say, uh, J- well, Jalen Hurts, I know we're not going to talk about him today, or at least he's not on the tab, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that man had a knee injury this whole year. I can't clean up at the end of Tom, it I cannot wait to read your article about Jalen Hurts once we find out what the actual problem is with Jalen Hurts. It Something looked wrong. I don't know what. He couldn't know. run past yeah. three yards. I mean, there, last Very year was weird. completely different. He got seven, eight yards on those plays, and instead it was two, three yards. Sometimes it was zero yards, and it's just there's something wrong with the knee. They, they didn't ever – it obviously isn't an ACL. It obviously isn't – could be like a sprain of some sort. I don't, I'm not even a doctor, but I'm just assuming there's, there's going to be a cleanup on that knee at the end of the season. For I, sure. I think you're probably and with not. him being just a running back. That's a big problem. Oh my God. <laughs> Jalen Hurts has what? thrown for over two are 250 off, yards. Off so, or 220 yards, I think is Anthony. Richardson's you two are off for a, off to a great start here. Well, let's get on to a more controversial quarterback. That is Deshaun Watson. Um, Tom, at times this season, it feels like Deshaun Watson was against the training staff on the Cleveland Browns about his own injury, was only kind of listening to his people. Um, how do you feel about that, and how do you feel about him coming back next season when he doesn't appear to trust the people that are trying to help him? This one was – I have a lot of thoughts here. So for a good month, maybe even more, they were reporting it as a – rotator cuff contusion or shoulder contusion. A contusion's a bruise. No bruise lasts a month, especially in somebody young and healthy like this. And I, if you look back at my Twitter timeline from months ago, I was on the same. This is definitely a rotator cuff tear. Like this is not a bruise. A bruise does not last this long. 
And sure enough, they later confirmed it was a tear of the subscapularis muscle, which is a muscle right here, like in your armpit. Um, and that it really initiates the forward motion of a throw. So it's the transition from the, the wind up to the, the going forward. And we could see in his first game that he returned, he had no power on his throw. And that's yeah. why. So that was just absolutely wild that the reporting, I don't know, I'm not blaming the reporters, but wherever the report comes from was just so wrong for several weeks. Then he finally comes back from that and looks good, and then he breaks his scapula or his shoulder blade. Now, he had to get surgery. They did it right away. And another one that he's got enough time to fully rehab it. He'll probably still be doing some rehab before he can really start training in full, but by OTAs, he should be totally fine, good to go. And, um, I mean, he's he really started to look like he was getting it together before getting hurt. So another what should be a full off season and a full camp to run the offense, develop chemistry with his receivers. He should be in a much better spot next season. Now, to so, me, um, not being a doctor, that sounds like an injury that would probably – what are the odds that I'll have to have a cleanup procedure with scar tissue on, on something like that? So that's <clears throat> I'm, – I'm interested in the operative report, which we won't get, but a bone fracture, which is what it was, should heal pretty well, should heal pretty cleanly. Now, we know that there is a tear to the subscapularis muscle, which is one of the rotator cuff muscles in that same shoulder. So I wonder if they repaired that while they were in there. Because, like, why not? I mean, it would depend how severe that tear was. If he was playing through it, it may not have been that bad. But if they deemed that, okay, we might as well repair the torn fibers here while we're already doing surgery, then that would slow down the rehab a little bit um, with a rotator cuff repair, you're looking like four to six month rehab, but that's not terribly different from the scapular surgery rehab. So all things considered there, like, yeah, you don't like more things having surgery on them. But again, with somebody like him who has a professional athlete has all the resources in the world to rehab, they can rehab every day for multiple hours he shouldn't have any problem regaining full range of motion in the shoulder. And that's, that's what the concern would be if he didn't regain full motion that's needed for the throwing arc. Uh, it's not so much strength. Strength's easy to get back. But with him having the resources to rehab every single day, that shouldn't be a problem. So, Tom, like NFL teams are supposed to come out and say what injuries the players have. You yourself are saying like, they kept saying it was a bruise. It wasn't a bruise. Like you, And then they came out eventually and cleaned it up and said, oh, no, it wasn't a bruise. It was actually probably a tear. So who, who is at fault here? Is he telling them that he feels better than he is maybe? Or is it just the staff not fully understanding how bad an injury is? Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out going forward, like – who to trust in these situations because week to week, I mean, we're all, we do a week to week, like start sit. We had no idea what to do with Sean Watson. We do our podcast on Wednesdays. We didn't know until Saturday, most or Friday, if he was even going to play. So who, who do you think is at fault? If you had to guess, I, I, I have no idea and I'm not going to point fingers. 
um, without <clears throat> having any more concrete evidence. But I will say, having this been my second season covering injuries in fantasy football, someone like myself and some of the other injury people out there who, who all do a really great job, we, we just are able to read through the lines of the bullshit in some of the reporting pretty well most of the time. So I would say just just follow all of us on Twitter. There's there's a number of good ones, uh, the number of good people covering injuries. Um, obviously, we don't have all the information. We have the same information you have, but we know the medical jargon. We know the typical timelines for healing. We know how to analyze the videos, which nowadays, whenever somebody's injured and they're trying to get back to playing, there's always videos on the internet of them in practice. Yeah. And we're, we're able to see, okay, that does not look good or that does look good. 100% shameless plug, and I love everything about it. Just follow us on Twitter. We'll fucking tell you. Yeah, I mean, it's not wrong because they're supposed to tell us. They clearly don't. And they don't tell it accurately, at least at least for some players. And, we still don't yeah, even know what happened with A.J. Brown, which we'll get to. But, I mean, you know. No, they, we sure don't. still haven't released anything on that. Like, I, that was the most anxiety-ridden week I've had in my life. I'm just sitting here waiting, like, you know, tell us. You know, just – me whatever anyway, sorry yeah fair enough it, it just we'll, we'll go real quick there um another shameless plug here follow the fantasy injury team on instagram i put out an awesome video on aj brown uh, it's definitely an it. mcl it injury definitely an mcl if it was anything more severe like an acl that would have been revealed to us immediately yeah immediately revealed like there was probably a chance that he could play week two or week three if we made it further Perfect. but you know but it's just weird that they didn't say anything at all until the like saturday whenever he didn't practice any of the days of the week and said basically what did they say knee sprain yeah well you got to keep in mind there is some like strategy there to not yeah. letting your opponent know what what or who to prepare for 100 don't worry they, sure. they prepared just fine yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. i just like i just it. want to point out real quick here that uh josh is due to have a baby here in a couple weeks and uh aj brown's injury was the most anxiety ridden week that he's ever had but well that hasn't happened yet so, i know i was about I was to say yeah that. that's it'd coming nowhere it'd be quite the month yeah wait man try I'm ready for um, it, honestly, right. dude. You know, yeah. I don't have to do any of the work, so I, I, it's easy for me to say. Excited <laughs> to meet him. Before we move on, I saw Adam Schefter just tweeted out that the Dallas Cowboys are making zero coaching changes, which I wish we had a laugh track because that's probably what we play right here. Don't really need to discuss that too much, but that is a funny thing that just happened. Um, just to clean up the quarterbacks, can we talk about Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones quickly? I don't really – we can talk about Daniel Jones. He doesn't need to be the starter on that. We team, don't need to but talk, we can about, talk about him Jones, anyway. But. Uh, but Joe Burrow for sure, because I'm not going to say the IP word because we yeah. are the sentence because we don't like that. But Joe Burrow has had quite a few injuries. Um, I know his risk his risk factor might be a little bit higher than most people. But uh, what can you tell us about Joe Burrow going into a, a season where he's coming off another injury? Well, if we think of his two main injuries, the ACL, his rookie year, and this wrist injury now, those are both freak injuries, especially being a quarterback. Um, those are injuries where it's just the you get hit the wrong way, you land the wrong way. Um, and being a quarterback, he's not running quite as much, so any potential lingering effects from the ACL are not going to be magnified with him the way they would other positions. The wrist, that is a non-weight-bearing joint, so any kind of wrist, elbow, even shoulder injury, it's usually just happens to you getting tackled 
in the perfect way to create that injury. It's not anything intrinsically uh, that's a problem. So did that happen in the previous game? Or I mean, I doubt he's getting tackled in practice, but it seemed like it would be something like tackle, but he was wearing the brace on the way there, and then he tried to play through it and then basically realized he couldn't. But... You know they're not going to tell us. Yeah, there's a whole investigation about it. They're not going to tell us. And and ultimately, it doesn't matter. This type of injury, it's only going to happen with a, a big mechanical force like getting tackled and falling on your wrist. Um, they haven't revealed exactly which rig, wrist ligament was injured, but if you look at the rehab timelines for the different wrist surgery, wrist ligament surgeries they, that exist, we're looking at about a three to six month rehab for a thrower. It's going to be more that six month till they're really, really doing what they need to do. Like if he was a desk worker, I would discharge him after three months, but a thrower, you really got to get everything out of them. But that timeline still is going to allow him to be full go for camp, full go for week one. And he shouldn't have any ill effects from this. Shouldn't it's, possible that he has some lingering stiffness weakness in that hand but i very much doubt it i very much expect him to be a hundred percent and you know you just got to look out for the early reports out of camp as soon as you start seeing consistent reports that he looks good all concern is gone one of the most wild things about quarterbacks for me is that they're literally they're they're like bread and butter the the thing that they are is a hand like out of it all. Like, obviously, yes, they need legs and everything else to play football. But like, in reality, like if you injure, like for Jalen Hurts, for example, broke a finger, uh, you know, hitting, hitting the back of a helmet, breaking a hand or a finger, it's happened to several and thousands of quarterbacks and still will every year. Um, but, you know, for Joe, Joe Burrow, you know, wrist and like, he, he can't use the hand. He can't, if that was his left hand, no problem. I mean, yeah. it sucks, but you know, less of a problem at the very least. So. Yeah. Well, Herbert broke his left finger early in the season and he kept playing and he <clears> broke <throat> his, one of the fingers on his right hand, and well, Easton Stick comes in. Wolf, poor, poor Chargers fans. That's one of the saddest fan bases, yeah. in my opinion. Very tough, especially going in with Brandon Staley. All right, on to the running backs that we have listed. We have Cam Akers down. We're just going to drop Cam Akers. I think he should retire from football. His body's just telling Whoa, me maybe call, shouldn't. God, you guys are so brutal about people. Mike Williams can't fucking play football, and Cam his is body retired. is clearly telling him, Josh, that he does not need to be doing this. Anyway, well, I don't even like Cam Akers, that, but it's just aggressive. The ones we are going to talk about. Uh, we'll start with Nick Chubb. I'm not going to lie. We all thought Nick Chubb was done forever after that hit. We thought and there's no I shot didn't. that guy's ever playing the, foot, the sport again. Um, because of how his leg looked in that camera. And I'm so glad that ESPN showed it like five times so that we could make sure. Um, didn't, they didn't show it in America, didn't they? Show that's it right. It was in like... Europe that we saw that we got the, the camera angle. So, Tom, when it comes to Nick Chubb, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Going into next season, should people be maybe buying low on Nick Chubb at this point? What do you What do you think? So it actually was as bad as we thought, but the initial, oh, okay. the initial reports were that it wasn't. And this is where, again, following us uh, injury nerds on the various social media platforms is valuable because somehow, some way, the original reports was only in an MCL tear. Well, if you look at the injury, there's no way in hell that that's possibly all that could have been injured. And Didn't a lot like of it. times, or not a lot of times, but occasionally what will happen is the MRI will be a little inconclusive for certain tissues. So my guess is they clearly saw the MCL was torn on the MRI, but the ACL was hard to tell. 
and also the meniscus and a tissue called the capsule. They, those were not in, initially reported, but after he gets the, um, the first surgery, then it's reported, oh, they actually had to repair the MCL, the meniscus, and the posterior portion of the capsule, and he'll be having ACL surgery later. That's a lot. That is a whole lot and a hell of an injury to come back from. So when we break all this down, there are four major factors we look for for a player's readiness to play the following season following a major knee injury, one of which is age. Nick Chubb is he's either going to be 29 or he's 29 now. That is not going in his favor anymore. 25-ish is about the cutoff. It's not a hard cutoff, but generally right, thinking if you're 25 or less, healing's pretty good. Every year after 25, things tend to take a little bit longer to rehab. The likelihood of you getting back to 100% is less and less. So at 29, that's not really working in his favor. Um, the number so, of tissue. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Um, for one, Joe Joe's the Leonardo DiCaprio, self-proclaimed Leonardo DiCaprio of running backs hates him past 25. So I guess I'm glad to see that number actually exists in a in a medical standpoint as well. Um, but for Nick Chubb, like, you know, since he's kind of a bruiser, not a whole lot of cuts, just pretty much down, you know, north to south, would a brace benefit him? I mean, would he playing with a brace, would that help him, you know, in the long run? Or would that just be something that is kind of mediocre? Like it might help him. It might not. It's not going to make him any faster. It might make him a little more confident, but it's not going to make him any faster. Um, I didn't mean more faster. I just meant like keeping that knee protected more so because you see that after sometimes like someone will, you know, grok or the the sleeve, the arm sleeve after the elbow injuries and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of that is psychological. It makes them feel more secure. But if you look at some of the studies on it, the force it takes to tear an ACL will break right through a brace. So. 100%. It's not totally protecting them, but if it gives them a sense of confidence, then it's meaningful. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, sorry. Um, so another thing we look for is the number of tissues involved, which, as I just said, there's four different tissues involved here. There's the ACL, the MCL, the meniscus, and the posterior capsule. That ain't good. That ain't good at all. And some of the interesting ones here are MCLs are very prone to scarring, leading to not getting all your range of motion back. The capsule is incredibly prone to scarring and then not getting all your range of motion back. Not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying those are things we need to look out for. We remember J.K. Dobbins had a, a problem with regaining all of his range of motion after his major knee injury. The meniscus is going to slow down rehab because you can't wait there for, depends on the surgeon preference, somewhere between two and six weeks. So that's going to lead to a lot of weakness. Now, what they did smart here, I feel smart at least, is the order of these surgeries. They did the MCL capsule meniscus first, all in the same surgery. And then about six or eight-ish weeks later is when he had the ACL repair. So he was able to, to rehab before the ACL tear to mitigate strength loss, to mitigate range of motion loss. And then they do the ACL tear where even though the ACL is a critical, critical ligament in the body, the precautions after purely an ACL tear are, are not much. Like you can fully weight bear and you can usually push almost full range of motion right away. It's just when all there's all these other tissues involved that it really slows things down. So I do like, the order that they did the surgery in. Um, 
but still it's so many things that were being repaired. Now, the, and the third factor we look for is the timeline. And it's not the timeline from injury to week one. It's the timeline from surgery. In his case, the second surgery. So he'll have nine months and about three weeks, which is okay. If that was purely an ACL tear, I wouldn't be surprised if he played week one, not at 100%, but close. But with all that we've just talked about, yeah, it's possible he could pull a Javante Williams and be ready to go week one. But I don't think he's going to be anywhere near 100%. Um, and the final factor we look at is, are they are they just an objectively freak athlete? I would say that's in his favor. I mean, this guy's incredible. So mm-hmm. strong, so good at what he does. Um, but overall, he's got a lot of things working against him to be effective next season. So week one, the fact that injury, he tore those same three ligaments in, I think it was 2015 at Georgia. Is that playing into this at all? I mean, that's nine years apart, but is there's still some damage and scarring in there from before maybe? Probably the quality of the tissues, not quite as good anymore, which makes it harder to to repair them successfully. With an ACL, that's usually not going to be the problem because they will typically harvest tissue from elsewhere insert it where the ACL used to be and it creates like a scaffolding for it to kind of repair itself. So that one, not so much an issue, but some of the other tissues could be. Um, But also we know that these types of major injuries really ramp up the rates of arthritis development, thinking Todd Gurley, JHI situations there. Now, prior to this season, I didn't hear anything about that with Nick Chubb. I heard nothing about any problems with his knee. And that's not the type of thing that happens overnight. That's the type of thing that happens over years. So I wouldn't expect that to occur until he's in probably his 30s, at which point he running backs are typically out of the league anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely not helping him that he had a major injury in college. Yeah, that's just the first thing I thought about when I saw that happen. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the same knee. So, I, I, not, I mean, obviously probably not likely, but week one is technically not out of the question at the moment for Nick Chubb. At the moment, no. There's a lot of hurdles for him to pass. I absolutely hate when we hear reports right after surgery, oh, he'll be ready week one. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's freaking nine months until it. Yeah. So, we just got to stay tuned. I would say from a dynasty standpoint, if he's on your roster, I would do everything you can to move him, get what you can for him. Um, redraft next season. I mean, we'll just be tuned into camp to see where he's at. But I picked him at sixth overall in my half point PPR redraft league. He should not be going anywhere near the first round. <laughs> Maybe like a fourth round, something like that. I something like that. I mean, I think. Man, okay. there's been there's been a lot of steals at running backs <clears throat> for you know these kind of injuries. Brees Hall slipped down the board. Um, Al Kamara was just a suspension, but you know out for the Javante did for sure. Yeah, Two. Javante slipped yeah, way down the boards, but I mean, was not that productive though. From a yeah, point. I was gonna say he I wasn't. don't personally think it was his fault that team was not productive <clears> as well. But at the same time, was, yeah, he was not as productive as I had imagined. It was a rough year. So, all right, well, I mean, that kind of answers the question. Then, if you do have Nick Chubb. Might be time to send him out to pasture on somebody else's team that'll maybe give you a first. Honestly, I feel like any news this offseason of like Nick Chubb looks like he's going to be ready, that's the time to strike because I don't know about a first. I don't think anyone's giving up a first for Nick Chubb right now, but I've seen crazier. But you're right. You're right. Somebody, somebody might, might bite um, just on name value alone. 
Um, okay, well, let's get into J.K. Dobbins. Look, I don't know if he's going to be back with Baltimore next season. I feel like there's just a certain point. There's just too many seasons that end quickly, but um, he might end up on another team. So you quickly run us through J.K. Dobbins. This one was just really tough to see because this is a guy we know how passionate he is and how hard he works and just an elite talent coming out of school. And he has that major knee injury that, took a really long time for him to get over. And then coming into this season, it was like, all right, he's back. He's ready to, to roll. He's on a really good offense. It's really going to feature him. And week one goes down with the Achilles tear, which we just talked about is the hardest injury to return from, especially for running backs. Um, I mean, we've seen two running backs ever somewhat successfully return from an Achilles. And those are, Cam Akers, who really isn't wasn't even that good. He was just in a McVay offense that really featured him. And it took him a year and a half after injury to be any bit productive. And then the other one is Donta Foreman, who, by the way, was out of the league for four years after his Achilles tear before he started being productive again. So add that on to that prior major knee injury. It's really hard to expect J.K. Dobbins to ever return to the level that he was prior to injury. If anybody can do it, it's him because he's young and his athleticism was off the charts before injury, and we know he's got a crazy work ethic. But if I was a betting man, which I some days I am, some days I'm not, <laughs> I would not bet on him to be a fantasy-relevant running back. Definitely not next year. Possibly not ever. I just It's so sad to see J.K. Dobbins go down again. I mean, it was just one of those things where we had that back end of that 2020 season where it was like, oh, wow, he could be something and then got injured and then came back and was okay, you know, coming off injury. And then this year, this is it. This is where he comes back. And then, of course, back again. So super sad to see. I hate, I hate to see it for running backs like well, that, especially. What's crazy to think is he didn't even play 2021. Didn't play. It was he came back at the 2022 season and uh, yeah, got injured halfway through that season as well. Then came back and played one game. Um, yeah, that this one's a tough one. So, Tom, for a dynasty team, is this a buy extremely low just to see what it could be, or is it something you're maybe holding on to just in case? Well, it's all at cost in dynasty, right? Like, if you can ship off a fourth and get him, why the hell not? And then from a selling standpoint, if if a fourth is all you're being offered, why the hell would you do that? So it's all at cost, but I would I would not be trading for him unless I'm giving up literally nothing that I, I value. And if I have him, I'm trying to get rid of him. Okay. Right. Guys, I can say which... I've been trying to sell or I've been trying to get JK Dobbins for scraps and it is not going well at all. Yeah. You have to give something um, like you just can't give like a perfect example would have been like hypothetically Jamal Williams at the beginning of this of beginning of last season. Like if that was right now, like Jamal Williams coming off a big year, going to a new team behind Kamara, who knows where the, the uncertainty lies. He's not on the same team anymore. That would be what I would give like, I traded Jamal Williams in the offseason and I'm very happy about it. Like it was for a third. It wasn't much, but it was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. But like, that'd be so like that third value that like running back 
three that like could be good if like everything goes right. That's what I would trade for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I just don't know if the name value is going to bring his price down enough to where I mean, I love J.K. Dobbins as a runner personally, but after all these injuries, I am definitely out. I mean, I guess best case for him, he comes back. He, he's like a robot, like Raheem Mostert, where like, you know it's going to take you seven years to get to it through all of those injuries because Mostert, I mean, he is a walking uh, encyclopedia of injuries. But I mean, maybe you could get that from J.K. Dobbins too. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If I, J.K. I, I Dobbins goes that. to Miami, I'm back in. Uh, there you right go. Mike McDaniel's. <laughs> he knows what to do. Um, all right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, Tom, we need to hear about Tank Dell. I know that he is not a run-blocking wide receiver, but Houston went ahead and tried it, and he kind of got snapped. So let, it, let us know about Tank Dell, Tom. Is he going to be fine at the beginning of the 2024 season? Well, I think there's reason to be optimistic. Fibula fracture, week 13 surgery was on December 4th. This is about a four- to six-month rehab before full return to sport. Uh, we're actually about to maybe see Mark Andrews cut that timeline almost in half, which is insane. So Dell will have over nine months from surgery to rehab. That's plenty of time. Expect him to be full go for camp. He's incredibly young, so that's going to help avoid any major complications from a full recovery standpoint. Sometimes what you'll see with major ankle or foot surgeries is never regaining the full range of motion. Well, when you're however old he is, like 22 or 23. It's a He's lot easier. Is he 24? Still, under that 25 threshold. It's a lot easier to regain that range of motion when you're young, so I don't anticipate any issues. This is not too dissimilar from Tony Pollard's injury, which a lot of people are blaming that on his lack of production. Uh, I, I can see where that comes from. Um, I, yeah, I mean, he was Pollard was clearly less explosive this year, but he still did show it in spurts. And uh, But with Dell being much younger, having even more time to rehab, I'm not overly concerned about him. He's one that I will be locked into the reports and the videos in camp, though. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm, was pretty excited about Tank coming into the league. I just really liked everything that he was able to do, so it kind of sucked when he ended up getting injured because – he was starting out with such a great career. Um, but I would be aggressively trying to acquire Tank if anybody would for some reason be off of him. I feel like he's a good buy right now. We do love Tank Dell, but to be real corporate and piggyback off of what you said there, are you saying that Tony Pollard is a buy-low candidate right now? Yeah, I still love Pollard. I know this season wasn't great, but I, I think he's such a talented back and he can do it all he's a true three down back he can get the job done on the goal line as well he does it all oh, that's awesome do you think uh another side note here do you think uh especially with the franchise tag that tony pollard got do you think these players protect themselves a little bit especially running backs when they don't have a long-term contract at all or do you think i don't want a conspiracy corner of this but i like to think no i like to think that they're doing everything they can to help their team win and to help them get the next contract. Um, but like business decisions are made from time to time. So I, I don't know. All right. You heard it here first, Tony Pollard. Bye. I'm on it. For sure. <laughs> um, all right. 
you wanted to you, you wrote down Mike Williams, Tom. We'll have you talk about him. Joe thinks he doesn't belong in the league, but Joe, Josh, and I kind of are still like we can yeah, take Joe out of here while we do this. He's let's, he's let's good when Mike he's Williams. out there. So yeah, let us know about Mike Williams. So the breakdown is going to be similar to what we talked about above with Chubb as far as the four things that we look for. Him being 29 as well, not working in his favor. Him, um, however, in Williams' case, it was only the ACL that was injured. So that is going to really make the early phases of rehab go smoothly most of the time, which then sets up the later phases of rehab to go very well. So that is very much in his favor. There's only an ACL tear. The timeline is also good from surgery. It was 10 months and two weeks until week one. That's a very reasonable time frame to be able to go week one. And then the last one, are they a freak athlete? He makes some really, really athletic plays. He is getting older. So I don't know how many more jump a million feet in the air and land really hard on your back and somehow get up and, and keep running plays he has left in him, but his athleticism is definitely in his favor. So I, w- I would expect as long as there's no major setbacks in rehab, which so far we have not heard of, I expect him to be ready to go for camp in week one. Will he be the Mike Williams that he's been the past year or two? Probably not right away. He'll probably be a, I don't know, wide receiver three for fantasy purposes. That's what Mike Williams is, though. Sorry, Joe, I had to get that for you. <laughs> I'd call it a for four, sure. but whatever. <laughs> um, Except for the right. one contract here. That's true. Well, we all should have known. Um, all right, before we move on to wide receivers, you didn't have this one listed, but I do have to ask. Christian Watson seems to have a hamstring designation every week that he's playing. Um, Tom, is it just something about his hamstrings, or is there something that needs to heal in the offseason? What, what is it about Christian Watson's hamstrings that lands him on the questionable thing every week? He was out in for a while, too, because of it. it he, he was out five games, too, but like, like what does he need to do? In his two seasons, he's had a lot of hamstring injuries. So one thing to consider is when you have a pretty significant tear of a muscle, it heals, but it doesn't always heal to the same capacity that it was before. So some of the scarring that lays down, it's it's not contractile tissue, meaning it's not muscle tissue. It's, it's replacement to kind of bridge the gaps, and it's not as strong. So the strength of the tissue is not always the same that it was pre-injury. The, the other thing to consider with hamstring injuries, whenever I have someone in my office with a hamstring injury, I'm trying to figure out what is not functioning properly that's leading to this hamstring getting overloaded. A lot of times it's the glutes not firing well. A lot of times it's the ankles not moving well. Sometimes it's the sciatic nerve is stuck. That was part of the problem with Cooper Cup and Darren Waller this year. So at the top of the show, we talked about risk factors for injury, how some of them are modifiable. Those are all things that are modifiable. So he needs to get with somebody who really knows what they're doing to evaluate him in the offseason to figure out these gaps in his muscle balance or, or flexibility or whatever it is and address them. But the fact that these injuries, he's had multiple hamstring injuries, that's not good prognostically because we know that the research very clearly states that a prior hamstring injury is going to significantly increase the risk for another one. A receiver like him, who is his game is built on his speed, well, 
guess what else the research tells us? When you go from 80% to that top 100% of your sprint speed, that's when the hamstring gets loaded the most. That's why we see this injury most commonly happen in receivers because they're the one offensive position that's running 30, 40, 50 yards on pretty much every play. Whereas running backs, who, by the way, data shows no drop-off in fantasy production when they return from a hamstring injury, they usually don't run more than 5 to 10 yards on a play, so they don't have the opportunity to get to that top-flight speed where the hamstring is maximally loaded. Receivers do. So Watson, especially being a speed receiver with this significant history of hamstring injuries, this definitely has the potential to stick with him the rest of his career. He's really got to make a concerted effort to address this in the offseason, uh, and, and I really hope he does. Yeah, it's, it's a bummer. The Green Bay Packers, I mean, Jordan Love's figured it out. The receivers on that team are really building something, so it would kind of suck to think that if you had Christian Watson, you are just going to be left out of the equation of a team that's on the way up. Um, all right, let's talk about tight ends. We've just got two. Uh, Mark Andrews might actually play this weekend, which is bizarre, but I mean, hey, here we are. So let's just talk about Mark Andrews quick first, since it seems like he may be healing quicker than anticipated. Yeah, this is this is pretty remarkable. So ankle fracture with ligament damage. They, they never specified what ligament could have been a syn- the syndesmosis, which is the high ankle sprain where they do the tightrope. Could have also been the deltoid ligament. That was the Michael Thomas ankle dilemma from a few years ago either way this is typically like a four-month rehab return to sport and he is at about week nine so he may be cutting that rehab timeline in half which is absolutely insane um somewhat of a a a higher risk for re-injury uh but i would think the surgery is going to make that bone at least pretty stable so i don't know that re-injury is a, a major increased risk. It's definitely it definitely a risk, but not like anything that may, people need to be freaking out about. But I very much doubt that he's got all that strength and power back in that leg. So if he's out there, I would expect less big plays, probably more possession-type receiver, red zone threat. That all could be there. Here's the thing with tight ends. They don't see as much of a hit on their stat line when they return from lower body injuries as running backs or receivers. And that makes sense because they don't need to be hyper-athletic, explosive. They're just freaking big dudes, and you're not going to get any smaller by getting injured. So he still has that going for him, which can definitely make him a, a, a possession, move-the-chains guy and a red zone threat. Um, of course, we've seen my guy. Isaiah Likely, I say that because we went to the same college, Coastal Carolina. He's absolutely stepped onto the scene and is balled out as their replacement tight end. So that's going to help Baltimore's confidence in easing Andrews back in versus giving him a big-time workload like he had before. Well, yeah, and it's just, I mean, it comes down to the fact that Andrews and Lamar have a connection and it's just going to give them the best chance to potentially get onto the big game, which is what they want to do. Obviously, that's this team has aspirations and it's very like, like, I mean, very possible that they actually do. And with Mark Andrews, it's just a little bit more. Nice to see him back, especially ahead of timeline. Definitely yeah. so. Tape it up and let him go, right? For sure. Tom's like, Tom's like, that's not what I tell my clients. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, the, here's the other thing, though. Let's say he does re-injure it. 
got like seven months to get another surgery and rehab it and be ready to go week one. Obviously not ideal, but well, I mean, it would ruin his off season from a personal standpoint. Um, and it would yeah, not- he's a football player. He gets paid to do it. Yeah. Well, and and they're on a Super Bowl run that they might not get again. I mean, you just never know. Like if you're given the opportunity, you might as well take it. Um, all right, we'll get on to our last player on Tom's list, and that is TJ Hawkinson. Very devastating injury late in the season. Tom, what should we think about TJ Hawkinson by the time training camp starts? Well, this one's tough. TJ had an ACL plus MCL, and it was the injury occurred Christmas Eve, December 24th. But as of today, no reports that he's even had surgery yet. And that's not uncommon, especially when there's an MCL as well, because they need to let the swelling go down. They need to make sure that he has adequate range of motion before surgery. There's a number of things that need to be in place before surgery. We've seen this with Saquon Barkley, uh, with, with a number of players where the surgery is way later than when the injury happened. So if he had surgery today, January 17th, which I did not see a report that he had surgery today. That would put him about seven months and three weeks until week one. That is way below the amount of time that we like. Nine months is the cutoff from like a safety standpoint, a safety of retail standpoint. But really, we want 10, 11 months is ideal. Players return in nine-ish months all the time, but they usually don't play very well. Um, thinking a couple years ago, Chris Godwin returned in eight and a half weeks. And what happened week one? Injured the hamstring on the affected side. Michael Gallup returned seven and a half months. Sucked. <laughs> the timeline, as we've talked about before, makes a big difference. And the timeline is not in his favor at all. He is, uh, I believe he's 26. So that's not really working too much against him. The multiple tissues, like we've talked about, that's going to slow things down. Um, but I would say he's a, he's a really darn good athlete. So that's going in his favor as well. The other thing that we just talked about with Andrews, tight ends are typically less impacted from a stat line fantasy standpoint when they return from these major lower body injuries. Again, because they're just big dudes and they don't need to be quite as explosive. But still, this is a significant injury. Timeline's not working for him. I would not at this point expect him to be ready to go week one. In fact, I wouldn't expect him to be ready to go till week eight or nine. Of course, it's a long way to go. A lot could change, but I don't really see any way that he's ready to go week one at all. Like he still hasn't had surgery. He may not have surgery for another week, two, three. We don't know. So this is one that we're going to have to revisit in the spring, in the summer. But as of today, I would not expect him to play till midseason. You know, I'm hearing discount TJ Hawkinson and redraft, and I'm loving everything about it. Obviously, not happy to hear about the injuries. What we're looking like. But to be fair, I mean, do they have to report his surgery? I mean, because I mean, it could have happened, obviously. It's been, you know, three weeks. I don't know that they have to. They basically always do. Like every. You would think they would. If every major surgery that that is known to the public that the player needs this surgery that I've ever researched. It's given to date or at least like a week, like, like it would be a, maybe an article earlier this week. So-and-so had surgery. Fair enough. Well, plus the, the doctor wants doctor wants to flex that it was a successful surgery. So yeah, I'm sure true. he, he would want that out there too, that it went well. 
And sometimes, um, all right. sometimes what you need to do is just stalk their Instagram. That's true too. That's true you see too. them up walking around. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's good. We'll have te- well, it's not good, but it's for the redraft community. Good that we're going to have a discount. TJ Hawkinson that you might be uh, able to get to. I, I think it's funny that probably future Tom will be telling us about this injury going into the season after we have a lot more information. Um, guys, we only, contracted him, we only contracted him for two podcasts. Good point. We'll have to rehash this at the fantasy football expo. Yeah, his, his, his price has gone up actually. Yeah, He'll be the guy with the hair there. Don't worry. That's I'm right. Sure. Sure it is. No, I do think it's really um, important to know with Hawkinson about that week nine, week 10 thing. So, you know, watch out for that if you are thinking about taking him early. Now, Tom, I just said, you know, with this being an IDP platform, I just said a couple things. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb retore his ACL, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, this was in his right knee. He tore his left knee in 2019. Um, does that lead to any sort of instability uh, with two ACLs on either side? Well, you always like to have no torn ACLs in your history, but we've seen him fully recover from the prior one, so that one is no longer a concern. This upcoming one, it shouldn't be a problem for him to get back to 100%. Of course, there's unexpected roadblocks that happen from time to time, but if everything goes as planned, he should be able to make a full recovery from it. That's awesome, and we... uh... You know, with with we talked on the last time we had you, and the defensive players have it a little bit different because they have to react to what's happening. So, sometimes that rehabilitate rehabilitation to getting to that point is a little bit, you know, wonky with the defensive player. But we saw Jordan Brooks do it. Uh, the only other guy I had was Jalen Phillips tearing his Achilles. That's something everyone was really high on. Um, you know, he tore that joke. end of yeah end of November. So. You know, are are we looking kind of the same timeline as a typical Achilles injury or for a defensive player? Is that usually longer for an Achilles? We're looking nine to 12 months, so he'll be kind of right on the cusp of that. Certainly could start camp on pop, start the season on the, the IR, similar to how Jonathan Taylor did this year. Different injury, of course, um, but that's a long way away. I'm not going to predict any of that today. Um the interesting thing here is we've, while we haven't really seen any running backs successfully return from an Achilles, we've seen a number of of pass rushers, Brandon Graham, Terrell Suggs, just to name a few, who were very productive after tearing their Achilles. And with Phillips being so young, there's really no reason to believe that he can't be the next one to successfully return to um, harassing quarterbacks after this injury. That's I feel awesome. like Phillips just proves that we need to get rid of the metal end stadium. Cause that's where he tore his Achilles as well. Um, that place is just a, a graveyard for careers. I feel like at this point, just so many injuries happen there. So to revisit, I'm assuming we talked about this in the last one. I don't think we couldn't. And um, you know, we already IDP plus offense. So I'm going to switch back to offense. Um, our guy, Taiji Spears, who everyone going into the season was reports. There's no ACL in his knee, no cartilage, whatever, um, played the full season, looked pretty good doing it. Um, and I mean, in reality, like might have the keys to the kingdom in Tennessee, which I don't know if that, if that means anything, cause it's Tennessee, but, um, running back 34 on the season behind King Henry with 800 ish, 800 plus yards. I mean, what does this future look like for Taiji for a potential full workload or I mean what, what do we think about this knee situation in the in the you know long run 
Yeah, so I wrote an article about him last spring on FantasyIntryTeam.com uh, if you want to go back and look at it. But basically, this is a rare phenomenon. It's something called an ACL-deficient coper. There's a lot of research, mostly out of the University of Delaware, on it. Basically, what their theory is, and this is very summarized, is that there's a small subset of people who are so neuromuscularly in tune, their motor control is just so freaking good that they're able to get the muscles, predominantly the quads and the hamstrings that cross the knee, they're able to get the timing of those muscles so perfect subconsciously that it can compensate for the lost stability of not having an ACL. It's, it's very rare. I, I don't know the stats on how much of the population is this way, but it's very low. But these people are able to function, in his case, at 100% without an ACL. Now, when you don't have an ACL, that's going to rapidly increase the rate of arthritis development. So that's something to look out for long-term that would not likely affect him in the next couple seasons, though. And it'll be interesting to see if he ever has a significant quad or hamstring injury, if that throws things off. I don't know. I don't know if it would or not. I, I think there's an argument that it could, but there's also an argument that he's not had an ACL for three or four years and he's played multiple full football seasons and he's definitely taken shots to the quad <clears throat> and he's still been okay. So watching him be successful this season, I don't think we need to knock him in redraft at least for not having an ACL in dynasty. There's an argument that could be made about the potential for longevity and whatnot. Yeah. And early arthritis development, but guess what? Running backs, their typical shelf life is not that long anyway. Exactly. So true. I, I, for the next at least two, three years, I have no problem having him on my roster. I mean, he looks really, really good. So, like with Tom, Tom, lol, Todd Gurley, when he came out of Georgia, we kind of knew he had an arthritic component to his knee that was going to make it a degenerative thing. It, is that something that, like, they just for some reason came out and said? Is that something they found during the combine? Um, how would, how, like, how are we supposed to see something like that even coming? Well, you, not you, you can see that on imaging can see evidence of arthritis on imaging. So I I guess that's where it was with Gurley, and I I believe they've said the same with Spears. But again, that's the type of thing that it's not just going to become a problem overnight. It's a gradual onset, and at this point, I haven't seen enough from Spears to scare me off for next year and probably not even the next few years. Yeah, I mean, Ty Gurley was a – number one player in fantasy football for I think at least one season, maybe two. So, I mean, definitely completely in the, in the cards for Spears to have something similar, especially with Derrick Henry leaving. So yeah, that is interesting. I'm curious. That research about the no ACL and just being so in tune with your body is fascinating. You said that was university of Delaware university of Delaware is where at least most of that comes out of. That is so cool to me. I actually just assumed I, I I didn't know much knowledge about this. I drafted him in a IDP or a defensive you know dynasty league, and uh, I was like, well, "What about his knee?" I was like, "Whatever, fuck that." I think the report came out after the draft. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck that, that's stupid." And I was like, "He doesn't have an ACL left. What does that even mean?" I I assumed it meant like he tore his ACL and 
college and, you know, just hadn't healed or whatever. He looked fine. I watched tape on him before I drafted him and I would draft him 10 times over. Well, that's great information because, you know, if he does get that job, he should be considered a very valuable guy next year. I was just wondering how it's going to affect because, you know, he part time, he was a part time running back, essentially, you know, running back to, you know, behind Henry and, you know, got his chance here and there whenever Henry was slumping and stuff. But it's like full workload is going to be interesting to see him carry in general just to see. But I mean, honestly, he played a full season and, you know, 10, 15 touches each game is not like a no slouch. You didn't get three carries a game. and We didn't see anything, you know, so it's true. Never heard him banged up either on the injury report. No, All right, Tom, I have two questions for you on the way out the door. One, um, is there a certain point in this offseason that you're going to be deep diving incoming rookie injuries? Uh, Michael Penix is a major one people are curious about because of his previous knee injuries. Is there some at some point in time that you're going to be uh, diving into those that we could read about? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I will be returning from a two-week trip to South America end of March, and I will get on it then, and I'll have something out probably mid-April. Okay, fun. I'll be looking forward to that, and definitely us, because we had, there's a lot of injuries, especially in the first round, that there's kind of curious how that's going to shape up. And then uh, for my second question, who's going to win the Super Bowl, Tom? You know, I, I'm an Eagles fan, so I am angry and sad. <laughs> and a lot of negative emotions. But I woke up Tuesday morning. What's today? Wednesday? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I woke up yesterday morning, and I'm like, I want a Lions-Texans Super Bowl, and I want the Lions. Okay. I made nice. Billy go across the river, and uh, not that we would do that bet illegally or anything, but um, I made him bet for a Lions-Brown Super Bowl just because I wanted it so badly. And the odds were 25000 to 1. It was like it paid – Five dollar bet paid like twelve hundred dollars. It was pretty it wild. Did. And I was like, if that happens, I was like, cover both bases. Let's I'll waste ten dollars because if this hits, this is amazing. The Lions I'm excited for Ravens Texans this weekend. That game is highlighted and circled. It's, yeah, no, there's I'm some very interesting the Bills matchups. Chiefs. That's going to be pretty Bills great Chiefs? because they've had a they've had a rivalry for the last few years, and I think if anyone yep. can beat the Chiefs, or if, if if the Bills could ever beat the Chiefs, it's right now. Mahomes first but, road game in the playoffs too. So that'll be fun wrinkle. You got Baker going to play golf. It's the battle of the underdogs. I mean, both of them can't be underdogs at the end of the day. One of them's got to win. So nah, I, I think the lions win this. Honestly, it's if San Francisco wins, I think San Francisco ends up beating the lions. Unfortunately, if the Packers somehow socket to 49ers, then I think it, I think the lions will take it. Hey, two, one seeds making the super bowl has rarely happen so for the Baltimore and 49ers to get there no uh, one of them honestly I think the AFC has I think the 49ers have the easier chance to make it to the Super Bowl they got to play the Packers and the Lions potentially or the Packers and the Bucks they can easily take that out but the Ravens got to go play the Texans who are a scrappy young team and then it doesn't really matter pick one I mean the Chiefs might be the one they actually want to see because but then it's Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift they're gonna pay for it yeah Script's already written. Taylor Swift's going to the Super Bowl. She's performing because nobody cares about Usher. Can't. can't why, have okay, Tom, why did they pick Usher? Like, I don't mean to keep this podcast going for no reason, but why Usher? He has one song. Two, if you like that weird r Okay, see, that's the thing. He does not have one song, Josh. He has plenty of songs. Got a lot. Yeah, and the dude's a great dancer, so it'll be a great that's show. That's just you not knowing pop culture again. 
Yeah, it's not pop culture. When was when has he made a, a song relevant since 09? Josh, do you want to hear the reason that they couldn't have Taylor Swift perform at the Super Bowl? Because she was going to be there supporting Kelsey. They were afraid that the Swifties would buy out all the Super Bowl tickets and leave it. Well, half they time. already spend that same amount to go to her games. So I, I mean, know, honestly, and so they really... would do that at the Super Bowl and then leave at halftime after the concert because that and would be see the, the empty ass stands. How funny and they would were! That be? That's what the I'm dead serious. I know I don't know that for sure. It's got rumor, but I'm dead serious. That's hmm. what the rumor is. Is why they didn't. You're pretty much dead there. on the spot right there, man. I, I completely I, agree. Like, okay, well, she's I, done, I, so that's why we came. Exactly. Let's all go home. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> bizarre all right well after that quick diversion uh tom plug all of your socials and website one more time on the way out here yes so fantasy injury team we are at the fantasyinjuryteam.com we have a podcast fantasy injury team on all platforms the instagram which we put lots of videos on breaking down players individual injuries that's also fantasy injury team um, the same videos go on to TikTok, which is injury underscore fantasy. That's also our Twitter handle. And my Twitter handle is at fantasy injury. And then the letter T. If you didn't get all that, re- rewind a little bit and um, go ahead and get a pen and pencil. And you can write that down. Pen and paper, pencil, whatever. <laughs> nice. One of the things, writing devices, use blood. I don't care. Wow. wow. I got dark. All right, Joe. With that being said, get us out of here. All right, Tom. Thanks for coming on. Uh, possums. Good night. Yeah, greatly appreciate you, Tom. Thanks, guys.